This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Saver Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about peaches. Yes, because I have been seeing them pop up all Mm -hmm. over. It is peach season as we speak. Yes, and we are in... The Peach State, as Georgia is very proud to brand itself. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, it is everywhere. It is in all of our road names. We have a peach tree, like, drop instead of a New Year's a ball drop. Pe- peach drop instead of a, a, a ball drop, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the Peach Tree Road Race, which is the largest 10K in the world. Uh, it's on 4th of July, although this year, because of pandemic, it has been postponed to Thanksgiving times. Oh, um, okay. All right. Yeah. That sounds like a much nicer time of year to write. Exactly. Yes. I, I So I run this every year uh, and it is miserable. It's miserable. Uh, I got heat poisoning. Oh my gosh. Ago. Yeah. And I think last year, the mayor, the mayor comes and speaks before it starts. And I believe she literally said, don't run it. Oh. <laughs> Which, but she meant like, walk it. <laughs> don't overheat. But I was like, is this the race? Oh, <laughs> okay. wow. Um, and it was fun because my parents used to run it. Uh, so I have all oh. their old shirts. Uh, the shirt is the trophy in this case. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. And, and and peach peach emblems on all of those items. Uh, we've got a peach on our license plate. 
Yeah, on our licenses. Um, mm-hmm. at, yeah, pretty much any Georgia touristy type thing, you're gonna see some peaches. And <laughs> I was thinking about this and a terrible slash very fun time at, you know, when I was young, memory came. I used to drink fuzzy navels uh, as my drink that I would order at bars and not just one, but oh. more than one. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I, you know, hey, hey, we all, <laughs> we've had my, my drink of choice was was the mudslide for a number of years. So I, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, li- we like live you- and we learn, you know. Yes. And I, I think those are fine drinks. Oh, sure. I would never, ever, order. at my current state, order more than one. <laughs> yeah, I sugar I have learned does not treat me well. Um, yeah, uh, as a combination in combination with alcohol. So, yeah. yes, and a fuzzy navel, if you don't know, is essentially orange juice and peach schnapps and something else. But essentially, that's it. It's a very sweet fruit drink, mm-hmm. and that reminds me. I was thinking about all of the instances peaches show up in our pop culture. And here's your Seinfeld reference for the episode. (laughs) Um, Peach Snops, Elaine, when she has secrets, if you want her to divulge, you just have to get her drunk on Peach Snops. It's Ah, the key. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, of course, there's James and the Giant Peach. There's Princess Peach. Um, Kung Fu Panda has a lot of stuff about peaches. Okay. Which makes more sense to me now that I've done this research. Uh Elf. The children's book they were going to write in Elf was about peaches. Oh. Um, Yeah, right? The name of my co-host over on Stuff Mom Never Told You, her dog is named Peaches Gertrude McFuzzin. Um, We have a very uh, adversary relationship. Oh, yeah? I think think we've made friends. Okay. Peaches is coming around? Yeah. she, She gave me... What Samantha likes to say was uh, overexcited bloody lip, but she gave me a bloody lip <laughs> in either case. So, oh, um, <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad if it was out of excitement and not active malice. Malice, yeah. Oh, I I I think so. But you know, um, and speaking of malice, there, um, Peaches was the name of uh, the woman who ran. Woodruff Dining Hall at Georgia Tech. And I that was on the west side of campus, and that's where I spent my, like, freshman and sophomore year. Um, so I was at Woodruff Dining Hall all the time. And she was infamous. She was so infamous. She had a Facebook page dedicated <laughs> to her uh-huh. and to, like, I think it was called Peaches Yelled at Me. <laughs> um, she She didn't stand for any of our college student nonsense. Yeah. No, you, you got to be firm. Oh, gosh. Oh, absolutely. She was. She yelled at me. I, I have the distinct <laughs> slash not distinct at all honor of uh, I was trying to, because I'm an adult and I pretty much just ate cereal in college. <laughs> I had a, a plastic cup with <laughs> milk and knowing me, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> Um, and I was trying to take it out of the dining hall up to my my room, and she stopped me and yelled at me and made me pour it out in front of everyone down a drain. Oh, uh, oh, because because it wasn't like a to go cup, like it was right. like one of the yeah. in cafeteria only. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I you know it was an honor in some ways. <laughs> 
know <laughs> if anyone has that experience or knows Peaches, who I'm talking about, please write in. I would love, love to hear stories. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> there, there's also, of course, the uh, Presidents of the United States of America song, uh, Peaches, Millions of Peaches, Peaches for Me. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, for, for anyone else who is way, way, way too into the Magicians television show. There's uh, Peaches and Plums. Um, I, it's Annie, you're giving me a blank look. I don't <laughs> worry about it. If anyone who wants to talk about Magicians, let me let me know I'm into it. Um. Yes, yes. I Netflix has recently recommended it to me and I immediately thought of you. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure given that you're a big Supernatural fan that it would be absolutely up your alley. Um, All right. But, but yeah, it's when, when you get to it let me know peaches and plums peaches and plums anyway i like the inflection (laughs) it it makes me believe that it's some kind of like sad curses sort of (laughs) uh, thing but i guess i'll have to watch it to find out i guess you will (laughs) all right all right um august is national peach month which as we record is coming up it is um i you know, I don't really get peaches that often, but my friends love them. Oh my gosh, they love them. Hmm. So this is a very exciting time. Oh yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, you know, due to the whole thing where um, uh, quarantine has made it so that time is meaningless now. Um, when the first Georgia peaches started, and, and Pearson Farms is one particularly well known and loved uh, peach farm. Here in the state of Georgia, when their peaches started coming out in May, I was like, it cannot, it's like, I was like, it's like March. Like when, like how can there be, oh, oh, it's May. It's definitely yeah. May. That yeah. is the month that it is. Um, oh yeah, no, I, I love a peach. I just, um, just over the weekend, uh, my friend had a birthday and we um, we wound up um, uh, grilling, over grilling as it turned out some peaches uh, for, for dessert, but I. We we made the best of it. We uh, it, it, they weren't like charcoal briquette over grilled. Mm. They were they were merely um, we we wound up squeezing the the edible portion of the fruit out of the the, the husk <laughs> that had developed <laughs> around them. Um, mm. Wound up uh, just just mixing. I, I had gotten some some mascarpone to to top these these grilled peaches with, and wound up just mixing the flesh of the fruit into uh, peaches and plums um, into the mascarpone and using that to top some shortbread cookies with. It was, it's some mint in there. Oh, it's, it's, I still have some of that tub in my fridge. And I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, why am I not just eating that straight out of the tub right at this very moment? That sounds delicious. (laughs) And I might do the reverse, throwing Uh the rock at the window at your house later. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. We need to get some kind of system. Oh, gosh, we do. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, gosh, it would be. It sounds so good. I love a charred <laughs> peach. I like, I actually like peach with basil or basil, um, <laughs> as people like to correct me. But yeah, um, and I really love peaches with cinnamon. And that brings me to a fact I want to put in here that is useless, but I'm going to share it. Okay. Uh, I just learned a new fan fiction term, which is really impressive because I love fan fiction. Um, And it's related to our recent classic episode on cinnamon. Okay, so it's cinnamon roll, 
which means in the world of fan fiction, a sweet, kind, good character, too good for this world, usually a fictional character that suffers, which is precisely my fanfic jam. <laughs> that is exactly what I like. Oh, so um, have you never heard this term? That's cool. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you, you've you learned a new, um, new vocabulary yeah. for that. Yeah, and I think it's from an Onion article headline originally <laughs> where it was like cinnamon rolls too good for this world or something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but I'd been seeing it, but because of the world of fan fiction, a lot of those terms mean something that uh, is very sexual. <laughs> I was avoiding mm-hmm. looking it up. Oh, okay, yeah. I but see I finally, you. I finally had to do it, and it was so sweet. Anyway, <laughs> fan fiction aside, let's get to our question: mm-hmm. Peaches. What are they? Well, uh, peaches are tree candy. Um, they're, a, they're a fruit that develops from the pollinated flowers on peach trees. Botanical name, Prunus persica. They're in the family Rosaceae, the, the rose family, along with stuff from apples to roseberries to roses. Peach trees need cool springs and warm summers to, um, to produce flowers and then fruit. So they do best in temperate regions. Uh, they are self-pollinating, but bees and other pollinators certainly help. Um, and their flowers are just, oh, just real pretty. Uh, a pink with these little sprays of, of like red to maroonish purple in the center. Oh, lovely. Um, mm-hmm. And the fruit that they grow is called a droop. Um, and we've talked about droops before. Uh, maraschino cherries, nutmeg, and pecans are all types of droops. Uh, so, so a droop. A droop is a, is a fruit that grows a single seed tucked away in, inside layers of thin outer skin and, and then uh, varyingly thick flesh and then a hard inner pit or stone that then encases the actual seed. And in the case of pecans and nutmeg and stuff like that, that the flesh isn't the point um, for humans anyway. We're we're looking for that inner seed. But in the case of peaches and cherries and other droops like apricots and plums, um, it's the opposite. You don't really want the seed because it's bitter because it contains this compound called uh, amygdalin um, that our bodies unhelpfully break down into hydrogen cyanide unless you cook it out. Uh, but the flesh around the pit comes in, uh, in in the case of peaches, in, in a thick, juicy, sweet layer, um, in, in shades from creamy white to yellow to blushing red. Um, peaches are usually roundish, about the size of an apple, though shape and size do vary. There, there are flatter variants, um, some of which just look like, like wobbly little donuts, and I love them. <laughs> I don't think I've ever observed this phenomena before. Oh, oh, keep an eye out. They're so cute. Um, uh, the, the skin of peaches ranges in color from pale yellow to, to red, uh, to, to like a red so deep that it's purpley. Um, and generally, varieties of peaches with lighter flesh and skin um, contain less acid than deeper colored varieties, um, though that's because farmers have selected for those combinations and not due to any uh, like genetic predisposition for those combinations. And speaking of the skin, it is fuzzy. Yes. And this brings us to a fun fact. Um, Nectarines are just a variety of peach that has a single gene um, differing. And that single gene is just a binary function of fuzzy skin versus not fuzzy skin. What? Yep, yep. And researchers think that all nectarines descend from a single a uh, mutant European peach like 500 or more years ago. Oh, wow. That's wild. Right? 
Ah, oh, um, and the, the, all the other differences that you get between peaches and nectarines were probably um, started with that single genome, you know, but have been extrapolated out through through breeding for specific traits since then. Oh, well, okay, here's another nerdy art project. X-Men, <laughs> but with fruit. Oh. So you got your original mutant peach. Mutant mutant nectarine, yeah. Doc, Dr. X. Dr. Nexterine. (laughs) (laughs) And then you've got peachy keen and plum pickings, lemon squeezy. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just brainstorming. No bad ideas in brainstorming. No, no, no. No, we're still, we're we're still in the workshop phase. Sure. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. Weigh in, (laughs) listeners. Um, We know you've got some ideas for this. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh... (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, there there are two like key types of peaches, um, cling and freestone. Um, and this describes how attached the, the pit is to the flesh of the peach around it. Um, freestone pits just pop right off. Uh, cling pits, cling. Uh, many popular fresh varieties or, or varieties that you would eat fresh are, are freestone because they're easier to eat, but that's not necessarily true. It depends on what you're growing in your area, what people are shipping in. Um, and again, you know, there are going to be differences among different varieties, but the overall flavor profile of peaches is um, bright and tangy um, and sweet and a little bit like floral with maybe some creamy vanilla butter kind of flavors in there and and just a touch of bittersweet almond in there somewhere. Um, some have a slippy, melty texture when they're ripe. And some remain firmer, um, though if a peach is dry or mealy, that means that it was chilled, probably for shipping and storage, before it had a chance to um, to really develop its full flavor and texture. However, this doesn't mean that you cannot refrigerate peaches once you get them home. Um, you know, like like if you're going to be eating them fresh especially, probably, probably let them chill out on the counter for at least a couple days to, to develop those flavors and textures because they they are a type of fruit that will continue to do that after picking. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So once 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 they're once they're soft, refrigerate them. If not, let them hang out. Let them hang out. That's what we say. Um, <laughs> what about the nutrition? Uh, peaches are very low in fat and high in dietary fiber. They've got a good smattering of vitamins, particularly A and C, and also minerals, particularly potassium. They're not, like, too, too sugary, um, so they will help fill you up, uh, but won't really keep you going very long. So they're good as a, as a snack or, or paired with uh, more fats and proteins to, uh, to, to round out your dietary intake. <laughs> I feel yes. like I could be wrong. But I feel like peaches come up in a lot of apocalypse things, like canned peaches. Oh, sure. They are a popular canned good. Yeah, and I feel like maybe it was 28 Days Later where one of the characters is saying, like, you can eat these canned peaches and half your Coca-Cola, but you're going to have a real sugar. (laughs) You're going to have a real problem with sugar crash later. Oh, I I feel like they come up in Lost as well when, um, when Hurley is, like, basically eating nothing but canned fruit. Um, yeah. for the first several days to weeks and, like, eventually has to go make friends with other people because yes. he's like, I need, I need a source of protein. <laughs> yes, I remember exactly the episode <laughs> you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We do have some numbers for you. Mm-hmm. China is the world's largest producer of peaches. 
In 2001, a peach monogram listed 495 cultivars registered in that country. Okay. Three of the country's national germplasm repositories are being used to preserve the peach's genetic diversity. Oh, I, I love national germplasm repositories. That's uh, the, and the USDA also has uh, one at Davis, California, that reportedly houses some 700 varieties of peach. Whoa. Huh. Uh, peaches, however, have one of the smallest genomes of all flowering plants and only eight pairs of chromosomes. Um, however, they contain over 80 different volatile compounds, um, which are like smell-to-taste compounds that, that give um, anything its flavor. And the reason, by the way, um, speaking of volatile compounds, that peach pairs so well with mint is the same reason that mint juleps are tasty. Um, uh, peaches have some of the same, like, oaky, nutty vanilla flavors that oak-aged whiskey does um, uh, from a category called gamma-lactones. Gamma-lactones. It's just science. It's just science. I feel like gamma-lactones could be in our fruit X-Men. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, every time I think of mint juleps and mint in general, I'm reminded of the interview that got away, J.P., when we oh. went to Kentucky, listeners, yes. he had this beautiful Southern voice and he said all kinds of things that just were so somehow so deep and comforting, but odd. <laughs> yeah. Just some of the, oh, JP, oh, we, 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 talk, we talk at length <laughs> about yes. him in our Kentucky road trip episode. Yeah, yeah. That I, that I think we aired. So yeah, yeah, you can, you can check out. That for more of it. That that really is like we just weren't we we, we weren't rolling. Like we didn't we were just there for a tasting, and mm-hmm. uh, we just happened to get this incredibly delightful human person. Yes, who talked a lot about bourbon and and all these oaky vanilla flavors mm-hmm. and mint and mint juleps. So he did. He was so memorable every time I think of mint. Yeah. <laughs> And but but yeah, just just these bon mots just rolled off of his tongue, and in this very lovely Kentucky accent. What was one of my favorites? He he just because we were doing this tasting out on um, this patio, and it was a very nice day. And at one point, we were you know like like breathing through our noses and out through our mouths while drinking whiskey because that's a normal thing to do. And and he was just looking out over the vista, and he just commented as if to himself. You know, I think you could live a thousand years and never have a day just as lovely as this. Yes. (laughs) Oh, so good. And it's like, JP, like, why aren't we rolling? (laughs) I know. (laughs) And he had a running commentary on Oscar the Cat and his movements. (laughs) So it was excellent. Um, The one that got away. Yeah, this was all at Woodruff Reserve. Um, JP Mattingly? Uh, yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, JP, should you ever happen to be listening, we miss you. Uh, <laughs> yes. It was a lovely experience. It was indeed a lovely day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and y'all, uh, if you ever get a chance to, to travel, um, perhaps in the aftertimes to, to Kentucky and to Woodruff Reserve, uh, you know, keep, a, keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like he might be like the ghost of <laughs> bourbon or something. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't really even exist. <laughs> uh, okay, we were we were talking about peaches. Yes, we were. We were. Uh, and um, uh, after after China, Spain, and Italy are are the 
other two top countries in in peach production. Uh, The U.S. is fourth. Um, And after apples, peaches and nectarines are the most important economically uh, economically important fruit crop in the EU. Wow. Huh, I know, right? Yeah. As of 2019, the world was producing over 22 million metric tons of peaches per year. That is a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And U.S., peach production uh, during 2019 was some 800,000 tons, um, valued at over $600 million. Of that, about 45% is sold fresh and 55% is processed. And of that, uh, most, like 83% is canned, 17% frozen, and the remainder uh, dried or, or, or otherwise processed. But, all right, now we have to clear the air. Mm-hmm. We have to address the elephant in the room. We do. Though Georgia is known as the peach state, it actually only accounts for about 0.38% of the state's agricultural economy. And peach production in Georgia only accounts for about between 3 to 5% nationally. Huh. So. Okay. Small. Um, <laughs> In 2014, Georgia only had 11,816 acres of peach orchards. Still, that amounts to 130 million pounds of peaches each year. But California and South Carolina produce more peaches than Georgia does. Mm-hmm. Georgia peaches do typically mature a bit earlier, which in the past helped the state cement its status as the peach state. Uh, yeah, a, a bit earlier than other eastern states anyway. Uh, California's growing season is April through October. Southeastern peaches don't come in until May. Um, uh, and yeah, ca- California does produce the most peaches in the United States. Um, some 56% of our fresh peach crop and 96% of our processed peaches as of 2017. Um, but yeah, like like Jersey produces about as many peaches as Georgia. So, oof. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Furthermore, um, uh, the peach is the state fruit of Georgia. Uh, It is also the state fruit of South Carolina. Um, South Carolina sometimes bills itself as the tastier peach state. And I'm just like, like, dang, that peach tree is shady. Like, (laughs) I do declare. (laughs) I am outraged and offended. Ah, yeah. Uh. Anytime I get to try a Southern accent, like a real Southern accent, <laughs> fun times. Well, no, that's not a real Southern accent at all. What I mean is the cartoonish Southern accent. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I, I saw, I remember this from a couple years ago, Stephen Colbert, who was from South Carolina, did a whole rant about how South Carolina has more peaches and they're better <laughs> and they should be the peach state. And also, don't get oh. me started on barbecue. And I... <laughs> I still remember it, Stephen Colbert. I won't forget. Is it? Are you? Are you starting a grudge with Stephen Colbert right now? <laughs> There's been a grudge ever since oh. he aired that piece. Oh heck! Well, that's I- right, Stephen Colbert. I'm coming for you, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna bring peaches, oh, and dear. we'll see. What? We'll um, settle this. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I well. I guess bless both our hearts, because I, I I guess I'm I guess I'm obligated to be like your second here for yes. this <laughs> for this peach battle. Um. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I am sorry that I am so rash and outraged over things that 
are pretty meaningless. <laughs> well, um, uh, while I think about the trouble that you've just gotten both of us into, um, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get some history for you in a minute. But first, we're gonna take a gonna take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, peaches. Mm-hmm. The peach was most likely domesticated in China all the way back in 1000 BCE. Mm-hmm. And from there, merchants and travelers carried peaches west on the Silk Road to Persia. Oh, where they, where they grew quite well, uh, and they are still a bountiful crop in, in modern-day Iran. Yes, and after Alexander the Great encountered peaches there, he brought some back with him to Greece. Peaches were being grown in Greece by 322 BCE, and they were being sold in Rome by 50 BCE, where they were called Persian apples. The Romans spread peaches throughout Europe with their empire. Mm -hmm. Um, And that botanical name that I mentioned, Prunus Persica, comes from this association with Persia. Uh, the name peach itself also derives from the same association. Um, the, the Latin persicum and Greek um, persicon became pesca in medieval Latin and then pesh in Old French. Huh, interesting. It's kind of close to the word for fish. 
It makes me want to do further research. Oh. Mm. Oh. Chinese farmers wrote of the best growing practices for peaches in the 6th century CE, including the use of torches to keep insects away during Lunar New Year and a bunch of other things, a lot of things. But that was the most interesting one to me personally. Yeah. In 1000 CE, over 30 peach cultivars were documented in that country. Sometime in the 1500s, Wu Chang'an wrote Journey to the West, in which a character named Monkey King eats the peaches of immortality from the peach garden of the heavenly queen mother. And perhaps because of this, in China, the peach is sometimes a symbol of immortality and the tree itself sometimes is viewed as the tree of life. Peaches are also sometimes given to older folks who wish them long life. And according to some things I read, brides might carry peach blossoms at weddings. So please write in. If that is true. Yeah. Oh, that would be a lovely addition to a to wedding bouquet, certainly. And and also, I wanted to do a side note here. Uh, Journey to the West is, um, if, if you have not heard of it or, or read any of it, it's this, it's this epic story um, that a lot of other tales are based on. Like, for example, Dragon Ball Z. What? <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, 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 Goku is, is the, the Monkey King character. Yeah, a, a bunch of a bunch of anime uh, like Sayuki was based on Journey to the West. Um, there's there's a lot of amazing uh, translations and iterations of it. So definitely definitely look that up if you if you never have. It's a it's a great 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 little bit of storytelling. Mm-hmm. I have such fond memories of being in elementary school. And me and my next door neighbor would get home from school, and Dragon Ball Z would come on, and we'd call each other on the phone, <laughs> and we would watch it together, but we would get increasingly annoyed every time because Dragon Ball Z infamously, at least in the United States, was probably 20 minutes recap and 10 minutes <laughs> new stuff. So we would be on the phone like, come on, yeah, we know, get to it, come on, oh. we know that. <laughs> and we did it every day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was so fun. I, I had great, great time. Uh. Uh, I don't have a lot of experience with the property, but I understand that it's big. Yes, yes. We went to that Dragon Ball Z-themed noodle restaurant Fa- in Orlando. Fushup. Right, in Orlando. That was oh. awesome. That was awesome. That was a really good pho. Um, yeah. And there was that like, kid dressed as Goku there. there yeah. Was, like a little baby. Yeah. It was so cute. That was, oh, that was great. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> At any rate, peaches. Um, By the 1200s, the surname Peach had showed up in Europe. And sometime around the 1500s, the word peach was sometimes used as a verb to mean um, to inform against or betray one's accomplices. Although this does not come from the fruit. Um, it's, it's It's from variants of the word impeach, which itself is from a whole separate root. Um, the Latin pedica, meaning like a shackle, and, and coming from the root ped for, for foot. Though, interestingly, both peach the fruit and impeach the verb were entering English around the same time in, like, the 13 to 1400s. So I, I wonder if there was just some, like, like cross-pollination there. <laughs> I would never peach against you, Lauren. Oh, oh, me neither against you. <laughs> Thanks, Annie. Yeah. In the 1500s, peaches made their way to North America with Spanish monks settling in the St. Augustine area in Florida. Because the seeds are hardy and easy to transport in the pits, um, they spread relatively quickly in the South. Peach trees were common around Jamestown, Virginia by 1607. Hmm. 
John Lawson, who was a British explorer and naturalist, wrote about peaches in 1700, quote, "...they make our land a wilderness of peach trees." And he was particularly referring to all of the peach trees he saw and all of the fruit on them in the Carolinas. Oh, uh, yeah. And this is a this is a common issue with with peach farming, actually, that um, that peach trees will put off so much fruit um, that uh, that you really you really have to prune it back. Um, a, if you want to get the best peaches out of the deal, because um, with, with, as with many kinds of fruit trees, if you just let them kind of grow willy nilly, um, you're, you're they're they're going to be growing more for the seeds than for the quality of the fruit. So cutting back will let them really develop the biggest juiciest fruits possible. Um, but but B, in the case of peaches, they will grow so many heavy fruits that you'll just have branches breaking off by the end of growing season. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of the 1700s, the word peach could be used to mean an attractive lady human. Um, (laughs) uh, The usage of this would would morph to mean a a good person in general, like, oh, what a peach, um, by the end of the 1800s. Raphael Moses often gets the credit for being the first to market peaches in Georgia in 1851. He also often gets the credit for being the first to market them outside of Georgia, pioneering a way for safely shipping peaches in champagne baskets. Peaches were shipped up to New York from the Port of Savannah between 1858 to 1860. Uh, Yeah, this this would have been the start of around the time when um, when refrigeration and and ice were starting to come up, uh, the technologies for those. Sure. Yeah. And uh, we have a Belgian father and son duo, Louis and Prosper Berkman. Um, And they brought an orchard in Augusta, Georgia, and named it Fruitland. Fruitland. I know. I, I think they named it. P- other people might have named it that. But in any case, <laughs> it was called Fruitland at, eventually, pretty okay. soon after it was erected. And their goal was to demonstrate that fruit could be an important crop in the South and a potential replacement for cotton, which was very detrimental for the soil when you think about just growing it over and over Um, In the 1850s, a group of horticulturists started experimenting with selective breeding of fruits like grapes, pears, and peaches in an effort to create a strong fruit economy in the South. The Alberta peach was their biggest success story. Its texture and long-lasting flavor allowed for it to be shipped all across the country with less ice needed. After Samuel Rumpf debuted it in the 1870s, which it was named after his wife, by the way, the number of peach trees in the South went up by five times from 1888 to 1924. Rumpf was also integral in finding ways to ship peaches more effectively. And because of all this, Rumpf is sometimes known as the father of the Georgia peach industry. Georgia peach. (laughs) Ah, Southern (laughs) accent, you elude me every time. <laughs> By the 1880s, Fruitland was sending 25,000 catalogs across the United States. Oof. The peach industry also took advantage of the newly available labor after the Civil War, a time when the South was looking to rebrand itself and pivoting away from cotton, which was a crop associated with slavery and poverty, to fruit instead was a part of that. Because the successful growing of peaches often depended on brushing up on some literature, peach growing was viewed as refined. I saw some old articles even refer to it as European. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, indeed. They were also expensive. Peaches were meaning that labor force, largely made up of black people, um, making the peach industry run, could not afford them. On top of that, peach orchards typically didn't make a profit for the first three or four years, meaning that many newly freed black Americans could not afford to start their own orchards. Yeah, um, and wrapped up in... In all of this, um, we also get the um, the descriptive term peaches and cream, um, which refers positively to, um, to pale complexions um, around the turn of the 20th century. Right. From 1922 to 1926, growers out of peach growing hub Fort Valley, Georgia, hosted peach blossom festivals. And these were essentially marketing events that boasted and perhaps exaggerated, about the peach's prominence in that area. There was a barbecue, a parade. There were speakers from members of Congress. There were governors speaking, a pageant. It was a big to-do. One year, yes, one year, they had a camel and National Geographic reported on it. (laughs) They reported on it. (laughs) All right, sure. Why not? Sure. I, I suppose. Um, another year, the pageant queen wore a dress belonging to actress Mary Pickford, valued at over $30,000. Whoa. Okay. What? Attendees came from all over, and some estimates put the crowd at around 20,000 people, flooding into the town's population of 4,000 people. Ooh. While some things changed from year to year, there was always a play that told the story of the peach, in the form of a young woman who searched the world for her home. She went all over until she finally found it in Georgia, her one true forever home. Huh. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yes, (laughs) yes. At the time, Fort Valley was pushing to be the home of the new Peach County, which they eventually were able to successfully do, making it Georgia's 161st and final county. And these festivals were instrumental in solidifying the largely untrue and at the very least extremely glossed over narrative of the Georgia peach. Huh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Georgia was marketed as being the peach state um, as early as 1939. And along with all of this, the historically black college Fort Valley State University was created primarily to educate black students about working in peach orchards. The school went on to become significant to the civil rights movement in that area. The peach industry in the South has gone through several rough patches. Pest, brown rot, peach tree short life, which I believe is uh, peach trees dying within two years before they've really um, given you fruit. Uh Yeah, um, and that was a big problem in the 1960s. To combat this, growers successfully campaigned for a new peach lab in Byron, Georgia, with the help of Senator and Chair of the Subcommittee on Agricultural Appropriations, Richard B. Russell Jr. The growers argued that not only would the research be good for boosting peach growth, it would also be informative in growing other fruit in the South and providing for jobs for Black Southerners and, in their words, keeping them from, quote, already crowded offices of our welfare agencies. Yeah. This was also during the Civil Rights Movement when Black growers were calling for equal rights. Coupled with the population shift in the South from rural areas to cities, the peach industry's previous use of and reliance on systemic discrimination became abundantly clear. Mm. 
but all right, hard pivot. Um, <laughs> James and the Giant Peach was published in 1961. And the movie came out in 1996 and Forever Haunted My Dreams. I have not seen it since, but <laughs> I've learned it is on Disney Plus, And I think I'm going to see what happens when I watch it. Okay. I think yes. you should. It's all right. It's a, it's pretty it's pretty great. I mean, it, it does have some some heckin' animation, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Heckin' animation. And speaking of animation, I guess, Princess Peach first appeared in Super Mario Brothers in 1985. And yes, this is a food show, but I really must read this quote about oh, their relationship. The the relationship of Mario and, and Princess Peach? Yes. Okay. Uh, from James McMahon's um, Games Raider article. The quote goes as follows. Should we really be encouraging the union of Mario and Peach anyway? Remember, this is a man with side gigs as a doctor, a carpenter, a pro-kart driver, and an archaeologist. And lest we forget, he regularly competes at the Olympic Games. <laughs> what chance of a healthy relationship? And for all the work Mario puts into saving Peach, he rarely sees anything of the reward. Maybe Peach is just mean. Yeah, she'll give Mario a kiss on the nose. Sometimes she'll bake him a cake. But let us not forget that Princess Peach is the Tolterian ruler of the Mushroom Kingdom. Can she not put a knighthood his way? Some other <laughs> title. Can she not stretch to one evening on her at the kingdom's nearest Pizza Express? <laughs> <laughs> the whole article is very delightful, uh, full of things like that. Um, oh, hell heck. Yeah. So if you're nerds like us, go check it out. Sure. Yeah. But all right, away from video game peach named characters. Uh-huh. Georgia. Georgia officially named the peach the official state fruit in 1995. Um, and I hate to add this in given our recent grudge match against Stephen, or our recently uh, named grudge match. Yes. I don't know how long it's been going on for you uh, with Stephen Colbert, but, uh, but South Carolina did name the peach their state fruit back in like, I want to say like 83 or 84. Boo. No. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't stand for what I say again. Uh, um... Uh, due to climate change, uh, peach production has really been in flux around the world over the past couple decades, um, with some really previously steady farms producing less and some traditionally less successful regions producing a lot more. Um, but the overall value of peaches has been on the rise. And we must end with a very, very important note about the peach emoji. Okay. Yes. <laughs> another another emoji ending. Cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. into it. Yes. Surprisingly, we get to talk about emojis more often than I could have <laughs> ever imagined on this show. So, yes, the peach emoji, sometimes called the butt emoji, was introduced in 2010. And if you'll allow me, I would love to read this entry from dictionary.com. <laughs> and I I love I love the Dictionaries, some some dictionaries are including information about emoji in these are modern times. That's great. Oh, but yeah. Dictionary.com has a whole section of emoji definitions. So it's part of our language. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Go, go ahead, please. All right. Officially called the peach emoji, the butt emoji was first introduced ah. in 2010 under Unicode 6.0. As its fuzzy cleft appearance 
looks like a plump rear end, the peach emoji quickly became to stand for buttocks on social media and in text messages, especially a woman's in sexual context. In 2016, Apple released an updated version of the peach emoji that resembled the fruit more than the anatomy, but the change was met with such popular uproar that the company reverted to its original design. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so great. I love that so much. Oh, wow. Um, Yes, and also recently uh, there was the impeach emoji with uh, Donald Trump's impeachment, and it came to stand for uh, resistance, and there's an entry on on that as well in dictionary.com. So the peach emoji has got a lot going on. It does. It certainly does. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, much much like the word peach itself um, and and the fruit itself. Sure. All around. Lots, lots yes. going on. But, but we, we've said pretty much what we have to say about it today. Um, we do have some listener mail for you. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with... Listener mail. <laughs> it was a peach tree, and then oh. it gave you a peach. Oh, lovely. Oh. Uh-huh. And that's actually a great segue into this listener mail. Okay. Uh, yes. Sydney wrote, Upon hearing that Lauren has never watched Kung Fu Panda, I want to encourage you to give it a try. <laughs> 
is delightful, and we can all use a bit of delighting nowadays. Furthermore, Atlanta Zoo had a panda named Poe after the aforementioned Kung Fu Panda. I think the DreamWorks studio donated money for the naming rights, but it's for a good cause. (laughs) With such connections, how could you not watch the movie? I agree. Um, As a child, I lived near the Beijing Zoo, and whenever relatives visiting from out of town were jazzed about taking the kids to see the pandas, I would be all confused, like, what's the big deal? We see them once a month. Aren't there pandas where you live? In one of those visits, a cousin saw a golden pheasant and wondered aloud whether a bird this pretty would taste good. Oh, dear. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of my um, favorite memories uh, from China. I have a similar memory from India, actually. But I I was driving to um, a school on the highway, and Panda just crossed across, like, both lines of traffic. The median. Just kind of just strolled right on, just like, okay, like you do. Had so, he found some bamboo, was eating it in one of the lanes, and we were all just kind of, like, chilling. And then he went, he turned around in the other direction. And we're like, okay, are you going that way? And then he turned back around, and we said, okay. Uh, he he hung out for quite a bit. <laughs> just taking his panda time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then, yeah, Chengdu. Uh, I went to Chengdu, and there's so many pandas there. And my brain sort of was like, no. <laughs> this can't be. I, I've never seen this many pandas in real life before. Yeah. Huh. Um, oh, and uh, and I for for the record, I don't have any kind of resistance to watching Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> it's it's on our. We have movie nights sometimes. We do. Um, yeah. The Saver Team, and it, it's on our list. I uh, yes. I, I just have. I just haven't yet. I haven't yet. Yes. Uh, She's very open to the idea. Working working towards it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very sweet in the peach scene. The peach tree scene is very sweet. So. Oh, okay. Yes. All, all right. All right. <laughs> Heck. Um, <laughs> Stephanie wrote, I was so excited to see your episode on oregano. I just wish it had come out a few years ago. I'm originally from a Mexican household in California and grew up eating loads of oregano in soups and stews, marinades. It was one of my mom's core flavorings. I moved to the UK in 2013 and missed nice Mexican food, but I was a lazy student who couldn't cook, so I ate frozen pizzas and didn't think much about it. A bit over a year in, I got really homesick and bought the stuff to make a vegetarian version of my mom's favorite soup. Veggies, stock, oregano, some other seasonings, but it just didn't taste right. I chalked it up to being a bad cook, but even over the years, as my cooking has greatly improved, it never tastes quite right. I was talking to my mom a few weeks ago and complained again that my food didn't taste right. And she finally explained that I'm most likely using Greek oregano rather than Mexican. I thought having to learn a new word for cilantro and zucchini was confusing, but now there's different oreganos? I've just ordered 10 ounces of Mexican oregano from my favorite online Mexican shop, which doesn't sound like a lot, but is apparently a very full freezer bag. So I'll be having a lot of Mexican food this summer. Anyway, I finally had an excuse to share my silly misunderstanding. I hope you're keeping safe, and thank you for keeping me entertained and hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Ten ounces is a lot of oregano, yes. That is, Um, that is. Um, But I I have faith in you to put it to good use. Oh, absolutely. And please, like, if you feel so inclined, send us some some of the recipes you're making, what you do with it. Uh Uh, Uh-huh. whole world in front of you with 10 ounces of oregano. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I I definitely didn't know there were different types of oregano until that episode, too. So, 
Me neither. On the same page. Yep. Yep. That was that was a whole new oregano world. Oh. Now that song is in my head. <laughs> Very catchy. <laughs> Um, I, super producer Dylan used to like to sing that one at karaoke. Uh, I always think it's of a him good, when I hear that song. It's a good karaoke song. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Disney Disney songs in our karaoke out yep. outings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which probably says a lot about the type of group <laughs> that we are. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. Or also on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at SaverPod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.